0: What's going on everyone and welcome into another episode of expected bets for your weekly NHL gambling podcast presented by the odds breakers. Today we're going to be breaking down the four game slate on Wednesday, April 20th. A few good games, a few not so good games. So, looking forward to kind of talking through those games with everyone. And first of all, I'd like to welcome back Matt.
1: How are we feeling? Yeah, doing pretty good getting into the, the tail end of the season. Some really big uh playoff like games coming in the regular season can't wait for playoff hockey but uh, it's exciting time for the NHL
0: really is it really is all right and now we will welcome on our this week's guest uh Jordan aka Shot Props on Twitter Jordan how's it going
2: going well thanks for having me guys really excited to be here and uh, to talk some hockey with you
0: Awesome. All right. So the first question I have to ask, we had a little slip up. I uh, insulted Betsky, one of our guests a few weeks ago. Uh, he was an Arizona fan. So let's get that away with. What is your team?
2: Uh, you know what? Actually, I grew up uh, a Toronto fan and okay. I kind of grew out of love with them growing up. So now uh, I don't really have a team. I just watch as much hockey as I can. So you won't offend me.
0: <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm a Sabres <laughs> fan and Matt's a Devils fan. Um, So just some background on that. So be careful with the Sabres talk. I know you still have that Toronto blood coursing through your veins. Um, So I don't want to insult anyone there. But all right, let's get to the first segment on today's show. Some general NHL news and notes. We start with Florida on a 10-game winning streak. They take on the Islanders on Tuesday night. They really look to be putting it together. They look to get Ekblad back for the playoffs, which will kind of solidify that defensive core on their end. What are your kind of thoughts on Florida heading into this Eastern Conference that looks to be kind of anyone's race at this point uh, in the playoffs? You can start with either Jordan or Matt, whoever really wants to take this one.
2: For sure, yeah, I can jump in. Uh, So I guess for the audience at home, just to let everybody know, I generally look to bet specific player props less than team props. So some of my takes might be a little different on these kind of questions. But the biggest thing for me about Florida is that they need to tighten up defensively or in net, however you want to look at it. Um, I don't think they're going to win games in the playoffs, 7-5, 7-6. So I think their goalies need to step up and uh, hopefully they can wait and get Ekblad back because that would be a huge addition. So those are two big things that I'm looking to watch, but offensively, there's not many teams that can keep up with them.
1: No, not at all. Matt, any kind of thoughts on Florida? Yeah. The, the thing with Florida and I, I completely agree on the defensive side of things. I think a lot of it is like the loss of act loss of number one defenseman really kind of throws everything out of whack and, and really messes you up. Um, but their goaltending has been abysmal the last couple of weeks. And it he's uh, Jordan's right. You're not winning seven, six hockey games in the playoffs. And it, that's going to be a very, very tough thing to do. Florida doesn't give up a lot of shots on goal recently I think it's on their last 10, they've given up like 26 a game, which is actually pretty good. They just can't get me saves right now, whoever they're throwing out there. Um, And like I said, out of that 10-game win streak, I think four of them, they were down by two or more goals. Two of them, they're down by four or more goals, and they came back. Like, that's just not sustainable uh, in playoff hockey. And I don't think they're going to be able to do that at all. Um, But right now, they're hot. Their offense is best, deepest team in the NHL, at least on the offensive side of things. Um, So I'm excited to see how they do. I think it'll be a fun game one of the stats I'm curious about, um, with you guys, um, they have a lot of regulation overtime wins. They have 51. However, they also have the most in the NHL at three on three overtime wins. Do you think that kind of affects you or how you look at them in the playoffs? Um, seeing as, you know, playoff overtime is going to be five on five. Yeah,
0: I, I guess I can start. Um, I I think, yeah, I think that's a major concern for Florida, especially that they can't close out these teams that they should are minus 200, minus 300 on the money line uh, coming into these games. They're massive favorites in most of these matchups they have coming up and have been in. And I think it's a concern for sure. Um, But something I wanted to touch on real quick, going back to the goaltending, I know we talked about how Bobrovsky and uh, Knight have struggled. So in Bobrovsky's last two starts, he's allowed two goals and one goal. Knight in his last two starts has allowed one goal in each of those games. So, if those guys can get going, I think this team makes a massive run. But they're both streaky guys. They're both not fairly consistent. Um, yeah, I mean, Florida's going to be an interesting team. They do have the depth. They had a Giroux um, at the trade deadline, but it, it's a weird team for me. At, coming out of the East, I, I don't think I'm going to play kind of Florida as the current favorite in. Um, in the in that conference
1: yeah and i think that atlantic division is just going to be a grind right like washington's going to get thrown into that atlantic conference or atlantic division most likely via the wild card um but florida most likely looking like they're going to be playing either washington or boston pittsburgh could potentially get dragged into that but it's not looking likely they're not going to have an easy game this is going to be a dog fight in the eastern conference to get out of that especially that atlantic side uh, they're going to to be on top of their game. They're not going to beat a Tampa Bay team. Who's won back-to-back Stanley cup, seven, six, like Vasilevsky is going to shut shit down. Um, that's going to be really, 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 really interesting to me. Cause you're right. They they're not going to win high scoring games in the playoffs. No. And everyone's and, throwing
0: out. Oh, sorry. Just one thing. Everyone's throwing out Washington right now, pretty much in that first round matchup of first Florida, Washington's won seven of their last three. They really look to be coming on kind of as a team uh, as of late. So I wouldn't be shocked if that series goes to six.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I will note is we're talking about Florida's depth on the offensive side, but on the grit kind of side or whatever you want to call that. um, I don't know if they can compete with a team like Boston who might be able to wear them down. And to Matt's point, Florida's winning a lot of those three on three games with skill. I don't, they're not going to have that kind of ice in the, in the playoffs. So I'm curious to see how that works. It works itself out.
0: Yeah, for sure. That should um, definitely be interesting. And then kind of moving down the line in terms of playoff teams, let's head over to Carolina. Carolina is projected against Boston in the first round as it stands right now. I don't know if Florida will leapfrog, Tampa Bay doubtful, I'd say at this point, but um, Anderson's out Anderson's, no real news kind of they said they're going to reevaluate him in a week um what do you guys I mean they have a decent backup goaltender um but what are your thoughts on kind of Anderson's impact uh on Carolina as they kind of head towards the playoffs
1: yeah I think he has a really really big impact um the one good sign is I believe I saw something either earlier today or yesterday that his scans came back pretty good and that they're expecting him to come back for the playoffs um, so that's obviously good news, but anti-rant is a really good backup. He's one of the best backups, um, in the NHL. I don't think they'd be completely screwed. Let's say like the New York Rangers would be if she's went down or, or something like that. Like anti-rant has got really good numbers. He's one of the better backups in the NHL. Uh, so I think it's, it's huge though. If, if Freddie Anderson isn't hundred percent, that that's going to be a big stumbling block and as good as he has been, we all know Freddie's kind of had those struggles in the playoffs. Uh, with Toronto so it's interesting to see how he's going to kind of bounce back this year
0: yeah for sure Uh, Jordan any kind of thoughts there
2: Uh, the only thing I would add is all year Carolina has been elite defensively and if there's a team that is able to clamp down if they have concerns about their backup goalie which to Matt's point I don't think that they do but if they need to they're what team that can clamp down they're averaging 25 shots against in their last 10 they can reduce and limit shots so uh it's going to be an impact but i think they're a team that can handle that kind of loss if he's delayed coming back
0: yeah i know we talked about uh ranting a bit he's got a plus 3.3 goal saved above expected ranking 25th in the nhl right now shockingly enough spencer knight's above him with a 3.7 goal saved above expected ranking 22nd so I guess as much as kind of Florida's goaltending is streaky, I would say at some points, um, those two guys have been somewhat decent this year. Um, St. Louis, another hot team going into the playoffs, looking for 10 wins tonight against Boston, who we talked about before. The Bruins are without Pasternak, Lindholm and Omark tonight. St. Louis offense has been unbelievable. I think they're averaging over four goals a game in the last 10. Um, Hussos looked great. Um, and, I mean, yeah, they look to be another kind of threat out of the West in addition to Minnesota, I'd say, who started to really kind of tighten up come trade deadline time, Calgary and uh, Colorado. Matt, any thoughts on uh, Jordan? Any thoughts there? Yeah.
2: So just to uh, – yeah, they're, I'm seeing that they're averaging 5.4 goals for in their last 10, going 9-0 and 1. Um, the only <clears throat> concern is – uh, they're still giving up 35 shots against, Gates. Uh, so they're going to need their great goalies to continue playing well, which so far they have been. Um, yeah. So if they can keep playing well and the forwards can keep scoring, um, I think they're going to be a tough team to, to compete with.
0: Yeah, and that's another yeah. team that has that playoff experience as well.
2: They just know when to turn it on.
1: Yeah, and that team has had like the perfect influx of – They're older kind of veteran players picking it up and some really good young talent like Robert Thomas uh, coming. Not, I won't say out of nowhere, but he's really picked his play up and become a consistent, almost point per game player for them. Pavel Buchnevich from the pickup from the Rangers last year. Great pickup. He's on their top line now. He's on their top penalty kill. They got some really good mix of kind of that veteran talent. Uh, and young talent, the defense is there, and they have a hot goalie, uh, ville, I, don't, I don't know how to pronounce this first name. Ville, or ville Yeah, so has been really good this year. Unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, so I think that's a really cool or a close thing to monitor because they're paying, um,
0: Bennington a ton of money. Yeah,
1: I, I his name just compl- I just completely blanked on his name. He's making like 6.4 for the next six or seven years. Um, so I, I believe, unless they can get someone to get that contract, who gone uh but that's going to be a really tough out in the western conference which i think that western conference is wide open literally wide open outside of colorado like teams just keep faltering everywhere you look
0: yes all right so speaking of western conference let's get into it the current wild card standings right now nashville 76 games played with 91 points dallas 76 games played 91 points Vegas, 77 games played, 87 points, and Vancouver, 76 games, 86 points. Vegas just dropped one last night to the Devils, which was a major upset. I don't think anyone really expected Andrew Hammond to come out and kind of shut that Vegas offense down like he did. Um, If you had to pick your top two moving forward, uh, Nashville, Dallas, Vegas, Vancouver, I'm obviously leaning Nashville, Dallas, but – Dallas hasn't been kind of otherworldly, I'd say, in their last few games. Vegas is kind of dropping in a few games here and there, but they all have tough schedules moving forward. Um, so I guess we'll give it to Matt. What are your thoughts out here?
1: Yeah, so right off the bat, um, it's kind of a sleeper pick, but I love Vancouver. They've gotten hot at the right time. They won their last six games in a row now. Yep. They are, I believe, they're what, one point back of Vegas with the game in hand. And if they win that game in hand, they'd only be three back of Dallas. Um, they're an interesting team to watch out of the three teams. I think that are really there, let's say Vancouver, Vegas, and Dallas. Um, I think Nashville will make it. I think Nashville's the best team out of the bunch. We need to not forget about Los Angeles, who actually has less points than both Nashville and Dallas, but they're in a weaker Pacific. Um, so they're also potentially falling into this. Um, however, both Dallas and Vegas in their last five games, both lost to the Devils, So they should just get eliminated. They, <laughs> that should just be, you're done. Um, absolutely not vague. And both of them, Dallas managed to score one goal against the devils and Vegas managed to score two. Like it's almost impossible to do that. Like, how did you manage to not score against the devils? They should be eliminated for that alone.
0: Yeah, I think if we petition to the NHL, they'll certainly uh, consider that offer. But I mean, the, you make an interesting point with Los Angeles. Los Angeles has gone four or five and one in the last ten. Um, but there, no team seems to really be kind of footing, putting their foot down and kind of solidifying themselves in a playoff spot. Um, these last five or six games that they have coming up, it's it's going to be an absolute dogfight. I think if Vegas doesn't make it. Um, I won. I'm I'm happy for that because Jack Eichel. But that's a personal reason, and obviously it's not fair. But yeah, I I mean I you truly can't say one team's kind of a lock by any means in this Western Conference Finals or the Conference uh, Wild Card race.
1: Do we know who has like the easiest strength of schedule for the remainder of the season?
0: I'm trying to figure that out. I saw a graphic the other day, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. Um, I know well, Vegas Vegas, and Dallas do match up in the 2nd last game of the season. I know that for a fact.
1: So for Vegas, it's their third-to-last game. So Vegas has the Capitals tomorrow, the Sharks, the Stars, the Blackhawks, the Blues. So that's like a relatively – like <laughs> Yeah, 500, but I'm thinking, like, you know the Blues in that last game might have nothing to play for, so they might kind of just lay their foot off the gas, Um, those types of teams. The Canucks have six games remaining. They have the Senators, which is tonight, the night we're recording. The Wild, the Flames, the Kraken, the Kings, and the Oilers. So that seems, off the top of my head, a much more difficult schedule.
0: Yeah, I'd say a 500 would be good there. If you take Ottawa, uh, Seattle, and then you try to win one against the Kings or the Oilers.
1: The stars, I mean, they're right about five hundred here, from what I see. The stars have the Oilers, the Flames, the Kraken, the Knights, the Coyotes, Ducks. So at least they finish with two kind of gimmies/slash games they should be winning. Yeah, Uh, look at Nashville now, and and Nashville just has. If all these teams are playing like up to say, Nashville has the most brutal one calgary tampa bay minnesota calgary colorado they finish with arizona with an easy one but their next five games against essentially two top seven teams in the nhl or sorry four top seven teams in the nhl yeah yeah calgary twice is just mean (laughs) yeah that'll be an interesting game tonight um calgary nashville like that's gonna be a really big game they need to kind of take that one Yeah, it looks like Vidar is going to get the start, too, so they're going to rest
0: Markstrom, uh, and Nashville is going to throw Saros in that one, Um, so definitely something to to monitor in that matchup. I know Nashville is a slight home dog there, so definitely an exciting game to watch. That's at eight, so I will definitely be tuning into that one to kind of touch up on some playoff hockey before we head into our playoff preview in the coming weeks. Uh, any other kind of news and notes you guys want to touch on uh, before we get into kind of the games for Wednesday's slate?
2: Yeah. One thing real quick. Um, I know we kind of touch on it, um, that <clears throat> LA and Dallas may be the two kind of bottom of the group we've been talking about. And the stats definitely do back that up, particularly gold differential. Yep. They're, they're the only two teams in the playoff mix with negative gold differentials right now, Vegas, Vancouver, who are both behind both of those teams plus 17 whereas though they're both minus four and minus six respectively so i don't know about dallas i think someone could easily come over top of them
0: dallas is a team that just confuses me because they're not outstanding in any category they're mediocre pretty much across the board if you look at goals for or goals against um but they somehow just to continue winning hockey games uh it's not like they have another worldly goaltender in jake ottinger either so I I I can't get a read on Dallas. I, that's been one of the teams that's kind of been confusing me all year, and I've kind
1: of avoided betting them for uh, that reason. Well, the yes. problem with I was going to say the problem with Dallas is that it's something that I've been betting the entire time. They're really really good at home compared to their like road record. Don't get me wrong, teams like Colorado, Florida, etc. Are a better home record, but for a team that's so average slash bad away from home, like. I, I don't know why. I don't think they get any type of, like, you know, let's say crazy attendance numbers. Whenever watching them, it doesn't seem crazy loud, but they're just comfortable at home. They're, they're, I believe, what, 24, 10, and three at home, which is much better than the below 500 they are away from home.
0: Yeah, I'm looking up their home and away splits right now.
1: So I got it.
2: Oh, go ahead.
0: Yeah, so at home, they're averaging 3.19 goals for on the road. They're averaging 2.54, um, so a little under a goal differential there. And then, yeah, at home, they seem to be much better defensively as well. That's kind of a massive split. I don't know, Jordan, your thoughts on that one.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say they seem to be able to lock teams, teams down at home um, from a shot perspective, uh, which is why I've been fading them and trying to not bet against them. Yeah. Um, but that was really my take.
0: Yeah. All right. So I guess kind of with that all being said, we can get into um oh quick other thing. So Colorado, Florida obviously battling out for the president's trophy right now. Uh Colorado has 116. Uh Florida has 114, but I believe, yeah, Colorado's a game in hand. So they if Florida wins uh tonight, they'll be tied. If you had to pick one team to take the president's trophy, what is your pick?
1: I mean, right now, I'm going to take Florida. I'm okay. don't. i I'm not saying necessarily that they are the most, I guess, favorites to win the Cup, but they're hot right now. They're just winning every game possible, one 10 in a row. I think, actually, Florida just lost their first one in 10. Uh, or not Florida. I'm sorry, uh, Colorado. Yeah. Um, so it's tough. And I know they have that game in hand as well. So they or No, sorry. Florida's the one with the game in hand, correct? Yep correct okay gotcha gotcha so i I think florida will get it i i think there's without sounding condescending time there's such a regular season built team um and the last thing i have to say i don't think you want to win the president's trophy when's the last time the team that won the president's trophy actually won the stanley cup it's funny enough i'm googling that right now um so if anyone can find that uh yes so i have all the president's trophy winners here in the last couple of years. And I'm looking back at it. Colorado didn't win last year. Boston didn't win two years back. Tampa Bay three years back didn't, because that was their famous choke job against Columbus. Nashville, Washington, did Washington win that year? Their president's trophy cup winners? It was the Chicago Blackhawks
0: in 2012-2013. There you go. So that is ways back so yeah obviously not a great track record there and that chicago team was just absolutely loaded with talent um so all right just something to note so if you are picking your stanley cup or if you are placing your stanley cup that heading into uh, kind of once the playoffs are solidified fade the president's trophy winner whether it is colorado or florida so all right i guess
1: yeah i was gonna say out of curiosity why do you think that is because in theory, right, over 82 games, that's the biggest kind of sample size you can have in a season. The best team, why are they not winning it more often? It seems like they should be, but it's just not happening.
0: Yeah, I think you touched on it before. It's just the way a team's constructed. I don't think Florida has that kind of physical aspect. Um, the playoff, playoff hockey is a completely different grind. When you have seven games uh, against kind of the same opponent, I guess, mo- most other major leagues do. I just think it's a different style of hockey um that they play and i don't know if it necessarily regular season uh translates to playoff success i'd say but i don't know what are your thoughts on that
2: yeah i would agree with that 100 and the best example i can think of would be was it last year or two years ago when montreal barely snuck into the playoffs and then made yep. a very nice run with a less than stellar roster because they were able to modify their game to adjust for the playoffs essentially and they did that well so uh, I'm with Matt um, on his takes. I think Florida is going to take uh, the president's trophy, but I think Colorado is going to be the team you want to back in the playoffs. I mean, look at the guys who they're going to have returning for the playoffs. Cadre, Landis, Cog, Devon Tays is sitting at the next four games to rest. Uh, I don't think they care about the president's trophy. I think they want the Stanley Cup. And I think that's the difference between those two teams, to be honest. with you.
1: Cool. Yeah. Uh, actually out of curiosity, as you brought that up, because I think, Every year, there's some sort of Cinderella story in the NHL of a team that, you know, might have just snuck in and goes far. Which team do you think that is today? Uh, Let's eliminate any. So can't say Carolina and the Rangers, Florida, Toronto, Tampa Bay, uh, and then Colorado, Calgary, St. Louis, Minnesota. Which teams outside of that do you think have a chance to kind of make a run that might not be talked about as much?
0: Are we putting... Cinderella story are we studying the odds on it at like 15 to one or higher or 10 to one or higher is that what our kind of qualifications for this bet are I just threw the uh standing up odds into the chat right now so
1: so what I did was I just took any team that has over 100 points currently right now is out okay all right I don't know if like if the odds change anything I was just looking at the NHL standings anyone with over 100
0: 100 points you're out okay hmm i think i'm gonna go pittsburgh here okay pittsburgh's currently what 18 to 1 on DraftKings right now as we speak i mean they have the experience we saw with uh crosby malkin and a few of their other guys kind of out early that they that that depth scoring showed up that depth scoring kind of carried them for that brief stretch of games um And was able to kind of collect some points for them so that when their big guys did return they weren't completely um screwed for back for lack of better terms um kind of as they moved towards the later portion of the season and i mean jerry obviously last year was horrendous in the playoffs but this year has kind of turned himself into one of the better goaltenders in the nhl i believe he's struggled a bit as of late, but he's, yeah, 11th right now in goals saved above expected um, in the NHL. So, yeah, I I would lean Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's got 97 right now with a few games. They'll obviously get over 100, but at 18-1, to I wouldn't uh, discount them at all, especially in the East where we could see some major upsets kind of in those early rounds.
2: Jordan? uh, Whoops. I would lean uh, Boston, actually. I think they're a team that can just give – team's problems uh they're very deep and i also think that their core is getting to the age where they might have one or two seasons left in them to make a legit run and their team's aware of that um so i would they would be my pick if you wanted a real dark horse the golden knights seem to have all the pieces and they just can't put it together if somehow people can get healthy uh, and their lines start clicking they're going to be a scary team but uh, boston would be my actual pick
1: yeah, I think I'm leaning towards Boston as well. Uh, they just have kind of all that pieces I feel like you need for a uh, kind of deep cup run. Vegas, in theory, seems like they had those pieces, but they just don't click. They haven't clicked all season. And like I said, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs at this point. Um, but instead of outside of Boston, since you already mentioned them, I love the St. Louis Blues right now. Uh, they're a team that all season is kind of middle of the pack. You know, we're good, not great, but they've gone hot at the right time, and they are scorching hot right now. Um, so at plus two thousand or twenty to one odds, I love them right now in, in the Western Conference. And I think that first round playoff series, which is essentially guaranteed to be against Minnesota, is going to be an incredible, incredible series that I think is going to go the distance.
0: Yeah, those teams, well, they matched up what I want to say over the weekend on Saturday, uh, yep. I believe. And that was that was a great game. I was watching that one. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that that's going to be an incredible series. But you're right. I mean, Boston, this is kind of their last Rob Bergeron looks like he's going to kind of dip out at the end of the year. Um, So, yeah. Cool. All right. With uh that being said, um now that we all kind of got our dark horses uh, for the playoffs coming up. We'll head into Wednesday, April twentieth NHL games. We can start with the we got a bunch of late games here uh, on Wednesday, which I don't know if it's good or bad. I guess depending on your time zone. Start with the eight thirty p.m. Eastern game. Dallas heading to Edmonton to take on the Oilers. Dallas has gone five three and two in their last ten, while Edmonton's been scorching hot, uh, going eight one and one in their last ten. Dallas dropped their last game to Vancouver 6-2 on the road. Uh, Edmonton took down Vegas four to nothing at home. And prior to that, took down Nashville 4-0 on the road. Edmonton scoring has been scoring at a higher rate in the last 10. Uh, while their defense of all things has been absolutely incredible, averaging 1.9 goals against in the last 10. Dallas kind of remains constant. Um, defense been slightly worse in the last 10, but their offense has also been slightly worse in the last 10. But I wouldn't say much of kind of a change that's really noticeable. Edmonton opens at minus 160 on the money line while Dallas is plus 135 with the over-under being set at the six. Matt, you want to kind of give your initial thoughts here and then we'll throw it to Jordan?
1: Yeah, I mean, we just we just kind of talked about it, but Dallas away from home has kind of been an instant fade. Um, so right off the top of or right off the top of my head, I'm liking the Oilers uh, three-way money line. Uh, without looking at it exactly, it's gonna be at around plus money, seeing as they're sitting at I believe 150 or 155 on the money line right now. It'll be right around plus money or minus 105, something like that. Um, so right off, I like that. In terms of the over/under, that's gonna be the more difficult of the two. I think if it gets at six and a half, with how little the Dallas Stars are scoring. Um, And how surprisingly good the Oilers have been defensively as of late. I think I like the under in this game.
0: Yeah. So just a quick note there: the three-way money line is set at plus 100 for Edmonton. Jordan, any kind of thoughts here or do you want us, do you want us to save you for the uh, player prop section? Yeah.
2: If you want to save me for that, I can share all my relevant stats there. (laughs) All
0: right. Perfect. That works here. All right. Yeah. So I mean, looking at this matchup, Mike Smith, uh, has been great. He's a pair of shutouts and his last two starts was named the third star of the week. Fun fact he's the sixth goaltender in NHL history to record consecutive shutouts at the age of 40 or older. Um, McDavid, their top line, hasn't looked great, I would say, in the past few games. But David only has two points in his last four. Um, we mentioned Dallas has struggled on the road this season, but in their last eight games, Dallas has gone six and two on the road. Um, so, just something to note there. This is their second game of a three-game road trip. In their previous matchups, it was pretty much a pick 'em um, where Edmonton took down or Dallas defeated Edmonton uh, at home, and that, So, Dallas has won both matchups this year. To be uh, actually correct. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that this line set at 160 here. Edmonton, this is the largest they've been favored in this matchup this season. I think Vegas is kind of telling us something here. Um, so I do like the Edmonton uh, money line. I think I am a bit concerned about the three-way money line, seeing how desperately Dallas needs these points here, that they could force this game to go um, to overtime, and it could be a close one. So I do lean Edmonton money line here. But, yeah, this total is a complete stay away from me um Dallas can either kind of be too low scoring can be too high scoring um but it seems like when they win it's mostly low scoring games here um and when they lose they kind of the overs more in play so I do lean I've mentioned here with Matt here and then I guess we can get into the player props section uh Jordan you want to kick us off here
2: absolutely um so I've got one for this game <clears throat> as uh, as the guys mentioned uh Edmonton's been good uh, in terms of goals against, but in terms of shots against, they've been really nothing special, Mm -hmm. averaging 33.2 over their last 10. Um, As you can tell from my name, most of the things that I play right now are shot props. Uh, So I'm looking to target Tyler Sagan over two and a half shots. I'm expecting it to come out in the minus 115, minus 120 range, probably play it up to 130, minus 130 uh he's been uh, over uh, in 7 of his last 10 and 5 of his last 5 and and in 4 of his last 5 on the road he's one of the only consistent shooters um that Dallas has uh surprisingly everybody's kind of dropped off Edmonton's also allowed the ninth most shots to centers since the all-star break a note on Dallas they seem to change who's playing centers every couple games uh so just double check if you want to tail this that Segan is listed at center Um, but, uh, that's what I like. And like the the guys mentioned, Dallas is in a tight race and whether Edmonton goes up or Dallas wins, Dallas is going to need to shoot against this team. Uh, so that's why I like Sagan over two and a half shots on goal.
1: I like it, Matt, any kind
0: of player props that you're looking
1: at here? Um, yeah, no, I, um, you have to really like Sagan. I'm looking at his game log right now. He had there. So I don't have the, um the Vancouver game up here. So I'm not sure how he did there last night, Uh, but he had eight shots on goal against Columbus, eight shots on goal against Tampa Bay, uh, three against Florida, three against Carolina, three against Philly. So again, depending on what he did yesterday, that's either five in a row or five out of six um, that he's hit on shots on goal. He is the current shots on goal leader on that team as well. He edges out Joe Pavelski by four shots on goal. Um, So absolutely love that play. Um, And like shot props mentioned the Oilers have definitely been a good target for shots on goal. They've gone better goaltending, but um, still a, a really good target there. Sagan had five against Vancouver. So he's hitting six in a row.
0: Yeah. So that's crazy. Uh, so I will definitely be playing that as well tomorrow with you guys. Um, but I know we talked about this total before. Um, the under has actually been the under six and O at Edmonton's last six. Um, and you kind of think of Dallas, Dallas and historically has been an under team, but kind of this year, they kind of did lean to the over for that middle portion of the season, I'd say for sure. But yeah, I mean, it total a more. I'm probably going to wait to see kind of where the money comes in on this one. Um, and I think, Matt, you said it perfectly. If it does jump to six and a half, I think the under is to play in this one. Yep, definitely agreed. I've All got right. a
2: question for you guys. Real yeah, quick. How much does it matter who's in net for Edmonton to you? Because as you said, Smith had back-to-back shout outs. He's only the sixth 40-plus-year-old goalie to do that. Is he due for a stinker?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's always the question too, right? I think think you guys struggle with that in player props as well of just do you ride the hot hand? Is it eventually due um, per se to like regress to the mean eventually of is he going to come back to earth? And is this the one game I'm going to bet on him? That he lets up four goals against or whatever, Um, yeah. I I, I think it's yeah. Yeah, Matt, you can go ahead. I was
1: going to say, I personally, I I think it's impossible to pick out the kind of down game when someone's hot. I'll just kind of write it. I don't think, I I don't think it's smart trying to look for that one um, game to go bad, and I don't think it should really stop your your betting on them as well, right? Let's say example Sagan let's say he does miss this next game against the Oilers. That's not going to stop me from going right back at, back, back at him. percent. Um, I'm not going to look into the kind of that one game where they might drop off. Um, interesting tidbit. Mike Smith is confirmed for tomorrow already. Oh, okay. Um, so he will be, pl- he will be playing against Dallas. Uh, Jake Ottinger is expected. However, not confirmed. Yeah. I think the one thing too,
0: I like to look at is if a guy is coming off a horrendous game, how he rebounds. Uh, I think, Goalies, that's kind of an important stat or something to look at for sure if they do allow kind of three or more in that previous game looking at their season history of saying okay great do they go on a kind of a bit of a stretch where they allow three for a few games or do they come back with a strong performance um, and obviously it's not starting but Miko Koskinen is a perfect example of that Every time I think his past three starts, he's allowed three or more. He's come back with pretty much a goal against uh, in the next game. So that's kind of something I like to monitor as well of just kind of keeping an eye on that.
1: Do we like anyone from the Edmonton side for shots on goal? I know for a bit there, dry saddle was automatic for the community, but the last couple of last five games, I think he's kind of tailed off.
2: Yeah, I, I took a quick look at them and nobody jumped out um, over their last 10 Dallas is averaging 28.9 shots against and only 1.8 power play opportunities so for me I think it's just a stay away someone on Edmonton's going over probably a handful of guys I just didn't know who's gonna who it's gonna be this time yep
1: and if if you need a guy I think right now the most consistent one's been McDavid his last two games he's missed with three he's been at three and a half before that he hit in seven or eight in a row um so he seems like he's kind of been the most consistent guy there even the two games that he missed he only missed by one shot um and he had the shot attempts necessary on both games so if if we're gonna look at anyone there i think he's the guy
2: yeah he's still at eight of his last 10 being over and he's averaging four shots per game so it's certainly not a bad bet
0: yeah i like it as well um all right any kind of closing remarks on this game or are we all set to move on to the next
1: one? I'm good. good.
0: All right, perfect. Let's head on to the next one. We'll kind of, I'll sandwich kind of the terrible game. Um, so we'll move on to Colorado Seattle next Colorado, obviously coming off a loss against Washington at home where they just made some costly turnovers. Um, but they're still nine and one in their last ten. They face a Kraken team who has been slightly better as of late. I guess when you compare it to their season, uh, they're 25-44 and six on the year, but have gone five and five in their last ten. Colorado's offense has picked it up in the last ten, scoring four, averaging 4.2, despite kind of Landeskog and Kadri remaining out. Um, their power play has also been great as of late, averaging 33.33 percent, um, and their PK has also been solid. Defense, uh, good as well, 2.5 in the last 10 compared to their season average of 2.74. Seattle's kind of remained on par with their goals for uh, average of 2.6, and their defense has been slightly better, averaging 2.8 compared to their season average of 3.45. Seattle's coming off a nice win against Ottawa uh, at home, actually back-to-back wins versus Ottawa and New Jersey. Um So, yeah, I mean, Seattle's a massive home dog in this. Listed at plus 260 on the money line. Colorado's minus 350. The over-under is set at six and a half. So, Matt, you want to start us off here, or do you want me to?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll take it. I think this seems to me like a game I'm just going to stay away. Um, Seattle's been better as of late, but it's not been against good competition. Uh, I'm not 100% sure about this. But I see Pavel Francouz as the expected starter for tomorrow, um, over Darcy Kemper again. I don't know; it's not confirmed or anything. Uh, but to me, this seems like a game I'll stay away on the team total side, or, or the the puck lines as I call them. Uh, however, I'm definitely going to lean towards a lot of player props on this one.
0: Yeah, I mean. So interestingly enough, Seattle's last three games, the total has been set at six. Uh, Colorado's, most of them have been set at six and a half or six. Um, Colorado's a tough team to predict. Uh, Both their previous matchups this year, the total has gone over. Uh, The first game was set at five and a half, and the second game was set at six and a half. I think if uh, Kemper doesn't get the start tomorrow, you do look at this over, but your major concern is uh, can Seattle score? And while they have been better at home in terms of averaging goals for, they're just so inconsistent. Um, and yeah, I mean, they've given up what f- two, three to New Jer- two to New Jersey or three to New Jersey, two to Ottawa, and five to Calgary. So they do seem to struggle against those high-powered offenses. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, this is kind of a, another one, stay away game. I don't really love it. Obviously, you can't play the money line unless you're looking at Seattle, which I think is still going to continue to jump. Um, come puck drop as the public loves Colorado but yeah I'm curious to see what player props you guys have in store for this one Um, so Jordan you want to kick us off here
2: sure so I've got one lean on this one so far Uh, for anybody who's interested follow me on Twitter tomorrow uh, which I'll lock it in for sure Um, but I'm looking at Jared McCann over two and a half shots Uh, the reason why I like Jared uh, is he's hit in one of two versus Colorado. Uh, Colorado's been has allowed 36.9 shots against and 2.4 power play opportunities in their last 10. They've also allowed the fourth most shots per game to left wings since the All-Star break at 7.88 per game. McCann's listed as being on the left wing in their last game. I recall him being on a, in the center position most of the year. Um, so that's the one thing I want to confirm tomorrow before I play this, um, that he is playing on the wing. Um, And he's also got five attempts, five or more shot attempts, in four of his last five. Um, So while I don't think Seattle's going to score much, they will need to try to shoot, and McCann's one of the only guys who seems to be doing it. So that's where I'm leading. Um, That's my one for the game.
0: I like it. Matt, uh, any thoughts here? I said you you had a few uh, guys you're looking at.
1: Yeah, so he's definitely picked up the shots um, as of late. And there was a middle point in the season where he was really, really good for shots on goal. Um, Mm -hmm. And like I said, he kind of toned it down. But recently, it seems like he's picked back up, hit in four of his last five. The only down one was against Calgary, which is a really tough, tough game to to get shots on goal. The guy I've been riding for for two games now, or wrote him last night, uh, Matty Beniers uh, made his NHL debut earlier this week. Uh, In three NHL games, has three NHL points. um, And his points line is right around plus 100 every game. The reason I like him so much, uh, they're not kind of messing around with him. They stuck him on the top power play line. He's their number one center. He's getting about 19 to 20 minutes of ice time a game. Uh, And if I can get a number one center anywhere near plus 100, I like the value. And he's been cashing. He's got a point in every single game so far in the NHL.
2: That's a really nice one. I like it. I like that one.
0: Yeah, that's a uh, great call. Do you know where Beneers is out of? Is he
1: Michigan? Yeah, University of Michigan. He's yeah. part of the stacked draft class that Michigan had this uh, this past year.
0: Yeah. So I'm just looking at home and away splits because DraftKings does offer something. Um, so, yeah, oddly enough, uh, Seattle does average more goals for at home, but does give up more goals against uh, for a total of six point two one. Um Colorado on the road obviously doesn't score as much, but does give up more goals. The only play that I might take tomorrow is uh, line Total Parlay, Colorado Avalanche, and the over six and a half currently listed at plus 135 on DraftKings. So I probably will be taking that actually. Um, so I'm probably going to place that now um, and lock that in. I haven't looked at any of the first period stats, um, but I'm pulling up now. Yeah, I mean Colorado has been great in the first period, also, and um, sales been worse. So if you are looking at a first period play, Colorado money line is uh, minus one and a half for minus one hundred five. So that's another play that I might take tomorrow as well. Uh, once I dive into that, any other remaining thoughts on this one here, or are we going to get to the game of the day?
1: Um, nothing I can really think of. There's no one that's been uh, that that crazy sticks out. I'd like to have someone from colorado maybe on the point side um but i know seattle's one of those teams that's been very very good uh at limiting shots on goal their issues bad goaltending which has picked up as of late uh, so i think i'm staying away on the shots on goal side uh for colorado i'm probably going to look to find a point play though
0: yeah, if you're looking for a point guy, look at uh, Nishuskin. He's got seven points in his last five. Uh, McKinnon's also got seven points in his last five. So those are two kind of Colorado's top guys that have been hot as of late. Uh, McCarr and Ranton are both also averaging uh, over a point per game in their last four. So something to note there uh, if you're looking at player point uh, targets. All right.
1: Sorry, real quick question. Do know out of curiosity, do... The Kraken take a lot of penalties.
0: I believe the Kraken.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: Let's see if I can find this right. So yeah.
1: if they take a lot of penalties, I'm really interested to see what the line for Arturi Lekkonen is um, for a point or an assist, whatever that might be. I'd prefer point. point. Um, he, as of, I think, last game or two games ago, got promoted to the first power play line. Um, so he's out there with McKinnon, Ranson, and Chuskin. Um, so so I'm that could be them- some really good value.
2: I'm seeing them average 3.2 power play opportunities against uh in their last on average per game in their last 10. So 3.2, that's much higher than
1: average. Okay. Well, there you go. Um yeah. He got, like I said, promoted to that first power play. So that could be a really good spot again, depending on what his point line kind of opens up at.
0: Yeah. Something to note as well. I know I touched on this, but Colorado's power play has been better than their season average in the last 10, but To kind of contradict that, Seattle's penalty kill has also been much better in their last 10, averaging uh, with a percentage of 84.38 compared to their season average of 75.4. So something to monitor uh, there when you're placing that bet. All right. Well, with that being said, let's get into the game of the night. The Chicago Blackhawks taking on the Arizona Coyotes. The Coyotes are on a seven-game losing streak, while the Blackhawks are on a two-game losing streak. Arizona's the home dog here, plus 140. Chicago's minus 160 on the money line. Over-under is set at six and a half here. In Arizona's last 10, they're averaging 1.8 goals for giving up 5.2. In Chicago's last 10, they're averaging 2.4 goals for and giving up 4.4. Defense is non-existent for either of these teams. And with the total being set at six and a half, which Arizona hasn't seen, I believe, in their last three to four games. And Chicago's only seen a six and a half total uh, versus Calgary, obviously a high-powered offense. Wh- where is the scoring coming from? Unless they just think. I'm at a loss for words here with this total being set at six and a half. Obviously, the goals against have everything to do with it here, but
1: who's scoring? So the problem is the coyotes, and I think they're the last six games, they are covering the over, but they're getting demolished. So they lost to the blues five-one, they lost to the Canucks five-one, lost to the Knights six-one, the Devils six-two, the Canucks seven-one, the Flames nine-one, and then yesterday they scored three goals. But gave up five. So, this they, is a really hard over under because you know that one side of the like the bet is most likely not going to score much. But they give up so many goals that the other team's almost covering by themselves.
0: Yeah, I agree. They have a minus 17 goal differential in their last three games. But with that being said, we look at the teams that they've played, right? Calgary, Carolina, even Vancouver. Those are all somewhat. Those are good offenses. New Jersey can score. Vegas can score. St. Louis. These are teams with solid, like average to above average offenses. Chicago doesn't have that. Chicago ranks 27th. in goals four. I think this is completely mispriced. Um, I'd, l- I'd like the under a lot here in this game, but this is a game that again could be like a six to five game where neither team plays defense and you just have guys scoring. Um, Keller is obviously out for the year, but you look at Nick Schmaltz, uh, who's behind Keller in points uh, on the Coyotes, and he has so he has eleven less points than Keller does in ten less games. Keller has yeah, so Schmaltz has played ten more games than Keller, and Keller still has eleven more points than him. Um, I, I just don't I just don't understand this line. Um, Arizona seems like they've been playing superior offenses, which is the reason they've been getting killed, but. I just
1: don't understand um, this line at all. Yeah, I I think you have to go with the under. Um, It's weird because Chicago, in my head, they're seen as a top high-powered offense, uh, and that's only because they have two high-end superstars with Patrick Kane uh, and Alex DeBrinckett, but in reality, they just don't score that much. Uh, Like you had mentioned, it's, um, what was it, 27th ranked for goals for? Yeah. Yeah, they're, They're bottom of the barrel, uh, one of the problems, and again, I know it's small sample size, expected starter is Harry Sateri, um, who in two okay. games currently has a 6.4 goals against average himself in two NHL career starts. Uh, and Colin Delia, again, expected, has a 3.97. So there's not exactly outstanding goaltending um, expected tomorrow. I think that's the only reason this line set at it. They've played three times this year. It's gone 2 and one on the under. The one game it did go over was a 6-4 game. Uh, they just recently played and it finished 3-2. I like the under. I think the goaltending matchup is definitely scary. You just see those goals against averages and together they add t- to over 10 and a half goals.
0: Yeah, you make a good point there. I had two different goalies uh, expected starting uh, when I checked this game earlier. So, yeah, I think this can be a game that I kind of wait and see who is confirmed tomorrow before you do place that bet. Um I'll be enough. Arizona has also won two of the three matchups this year. Um, and this will be, but yeah, I mean, Arizona's, I mean, this is kind of a crazy game, too. When you look at the money line, Chicago's somewhat pretty heavily favored at minus 160 in this one. Um, and honestly, given kind of the recent form of each team, I don't know if they should be. Um,
1: you could not pay me to bet on either of these teams' money line. There's no chance. <laughs> Yeah, I th- I, th- I honestly I think that's a fair take.
0: Um all right, yeah. So I'm leading under here. I'll wait for the goals to be confirmed tomorrow. But all right, we can get into player props. Jordan, who do you got here? If anyone.
2: Yeah, I got one for this one. I think this is my last play. I think there might be one more game on the slate. But um, I've got Seth Jones over two and a half shots. I'm expecting it again to come out in the minus one fifteen range. Uh he's hit in all three versus Arizona. Arizona's allowing 36.6 shots and 2.7 power play opportunities against in their last 10. Uh, They've allowed the most shots to defensemen since the All-Star break uh, by over more than a shot per game over the next worst team, um, which is crazy. Uh, He's had six plus shot attempts in seven of his last 10. And this one, I don't put a ton of of stock into this one, uh, but he's sitting at 49 points. So I'm hoping he's slightly extra motivated just get that 50 on the year um so i like seth jones over two and a half uh shots at minus 115 give or take
1: and then i mean i, I think everyone in the community kind of knows the coyotes against defensemen you just got to take them seth jones some that i've circled um, not only since the all-star break but just the entire year they yep. the amount of shots on goal they allow about 11.3 shots on goal per game which is by far the the most in the nhl the difference between them them and the next worst team is the same difference as that next worst team and like the 20th ranked team in the nhl they crazy. give out a crazy amount of shots on goal to defensemen um, and the power plays just help on that side of things
0: yeah i guess uh, i've gotten to reach out Few people have asked, where are you finding those uh, kind of individual statistics versus, I guess, if you guys want to kind of unveil your sources, I guess, or you don't have to, but where do you kind of look for most of your shots on goal uh, kind of data? So sure. by, um,
1: go yeah, ahead. By, you go ahead, Matt, first. I was going to say, by position, I use Stats Muse. Okay, and yeah. Jordan.
2: So yeah, if you go on StatMuse, um, basically you'll just type in a query. So if you want to see for left wings, for example, you're just going to type in left wings shots per game versus teams since, and then whatever date. So whether it's a season or if you want to do Feb 5th uh, for since the All-Star game. Um, so that's the query. Uh, I use icydata.hockey, uh to see shot attempts for their last 10. Um, so that'll give you shots on goal shots that are blocked and shots that miss from that from whatever player you want to look up that's a that's a good resource and then like everybody else props.cash um, gives you a bunch of the other data that i use and reference
1: Yep, and just to kind of go back into to what jordan says uh statsmuse is very weird with the way you write it so don't think that you can kind of write something similar to what he said and it'll come up You need to do it like exactly like that. So, for example, what I just did, I do defense shots per game versus teams this season. And you have to do it exactly like that. If you want to change anything, just change where it says defense, the center, left wing, whatever. Uh, But if you don't type it exactly like that, you're not going to get what you're looking for.
2: Yeah, it's very finicky. Uh, What we'll do is when we tweet this out um, with the link, I'll put a screenshot of uh, an example query that you can copy.
0: Yeah, that would be greatly appreciated for all of our listeners. I know Matt and I have also started to use linemate.io. Uh, we we'll had that. we have them on later in the show, but they've also kind of come out with some great software in terms of shots and gold prop that I've kind of started to get into, usually haven't in the past, but it's definitely kind of one of the better tools um, that I've found that certainly helps with that and it's also great um, for looking at kind of some more recent data in terms of teams in the last five um, so definitely check them out as well but all right any closing thoughts here we good to move on to kind of the game of the night
2: i'm done with this one
0: all right let's head on to washington versus vegas vegas is on a two-game losing streak dropping games to new jersey and edmonton Washington 7-3-0 in their last 10 on a two-game winning streak, knocking off Colorado on Monday night in a shocker, and they took down Montreal on the road. Um, Interesting spot for these teams. Vegas is the home favorite here, minus 135. Washington's plus 115 on the money line. Washington obviously coming off a big win versus Colorado. Vegas coming off an upset uh, versus the Devils. Washington's offenses look good, 4.3 goals, four in the last 10, uh, giving up 3.7 goals against their last 10, which is roughly a goal more than their season average. Um, Vegas is averaging 3.5 in the last 10 versus their season average of 3.14, but their defense has been better, only giving up 2.7 in their last 10. The over under is set at six years. Sorry, I didn't note that earlier, but this is an interesting one for sure. Um, in their only previous matchup this year, Vegas did defeat Washington one to nothing um, with the over-under being set at six there again. Given the initial line set, I do lean Vegas here, despite them not being in great form. Um, I think Vegas needs this win. I think they're coming off a bad loss here. I think Washington's kind of running a high, defeating one of the best teams in NHL here. So I do like Vegas in this matchup at 135. Curious to see the line movement if people do kind of back that same strategy and push Vegas to maybe around a minus 140, minus 145 in that line. Over under here, I'm not really sure. Uh, Washington's averaging more goals for, so is Vegas. Um, Yeah, I mean, this this is a tough one in terms of kind of lines
1: for the over under. Matt, any thoughts here? Yes. Um, So, two things. One, I love the over-under in this play opening at six. I'll be taking that tonight before it gets uh, kind of bumped to six and a half because it will inevitably, in my opinion, get bumped to six and a half. Yeah. Washington in their last five games, yes, they had a 3-2 win against Colorado. Um, that was low scoring. Before that, an 8-4 win against Montreal, a 7-3 loss against Toronto, a 9-2 win against Philadelphia. And then a four two win against Boston. They're scoring a ton. They're giving up a lot of goals. Um, on the other side, Vegas. They scored six against Calgary, but then put up a dud against Edmonton. Had a five four game against Vancouver, and then put six again against Arizona. Um, so they are scoring better defensively, especially at home. Uh, but I love I love the under at six. The other one, I have to disagree with you on the money line bet. I will be taking the Washington Capitals um, all the way. In this one, Vegas is just not good. That I know they have all the pieces for everything. They're they're just not a good team. Five three and two in their last ten, so they're right around five. Or sorry, six three and one, so a little bit over um five hundred in their last ten. Washington at that same time is seven three and one. Washington is by far one of the best teams in the NHL on the road. They're nineteen and. Nineteen fifteen and five effectively nineteen twenty at home. Away from home, they're twenty four eight and five. Uh, they're much better on the road than they are at home. They're the hotter team, winning seven of their last ten. Coming off a huge win against Colorado, I think they're they're a team that's getting hot at the right time. Uh, and Vegas is just going the other way. So I personally am going to be leaning uh, Capitals money line at some really really good value here in my opinion. I can get them at plus one twenty.
0: Then you touched on the over/under. Did you say the over or the under that you liked? The over. Okay, the over. Yep. So the over is nine and one in Washington's last ten on the road. Um, I'd happen to agree with you here. I mean, Andrew Hammond had an outstanding performance versus Vegas in their last game. I believe Vegas' expected goals was four point four two, something around there. So if the over does, if the over is still at six here, I do like that as well with you. But I believe we're on varying sides in terms of the money line here. Matt, I have to ask the question. Are we going back to Jack Eichel here?
1: No. No.
0: Wow. Okay. He
1: he was doing some great cardio last night against the Devils. And if you can't get shots on goal against the Devils, I don't know if you're getting shots on goal against the Capitals.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah, I had some stats written down. Seven of eight, uh, going over three and a half, and then 11 of 13 for kind of a larger sample size. But no Jack Eichel tonight.
1: And that might change. When I look at the numbers tomorrow, that might change. It's just yesterday still very fresh in my mind is how he wasn't even close yeah. to getting a shot attempt uh, let alone a shot on goal so that might change but as okay. of right now because the capitals overall i know they're really good at uh preventing shots on goal as of late or all season they have been i'm not going to be touching him um i had one more thing oh he's also much better on the road for whatever reason i think it's weird uh, from those numbers and looking at a splits, I, I recognize that on the road, he's much more consistent than he is at home.
2: Okay. And um, I actually don't like him for a different reason. Um, and he's someone that I've been playing relatively frequently lately, but the last couple of games, he's only had four or five attempts, which if you need him to get four, it's just not enough volume for me. Um, if you're averaging four and we need you to, or averaging five, and we need you to get three, I'm okay with it. But to be within one shot um, in terms of attempts and shots on goal, it's just too close. He's just not getting enough volume.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fair point there. Um, one player that stood out to me in this matchup was John Carlson. 15 points in his last seven, um, been on an absolute terror for Washington. Off the top of your head, so you guys know what his shots on goal looks like? Is, has he been kind of going over lately given the point additional points streak that he's on or any kind of thoughts behind him?
1: I love him. I've been playing him for assists recently, and he's been pretty automatic for me. Um, so I definitely think I'm going to go back uh, to him here. He's been really good. His points line's been pretty juiced as of late, uh, so you're going to have to take him uh, for the assists if you want anything close or under to a, a minus, you know, 115,
0: 120. Is his yeah, point shot- line being set at a half or one and a half?
1: I'm assuming it'll, be, it'll a be a half. Okay. It'll be
2: a half. Yeah. Unless he gets bumped up, but yeah, I know shots wise, he's hit in five of his last 10. Um, So he's been, he's been decent for sure.
0: Okay. Yeah. I like that. And another guy who's been an assist machine is uh, Kuznetsov who has six assists in his last uh, five games as well. So someone to target there, if we're looking at assist lines.
2: If you're gonna do Carlson, he's got five assists in his last five on the road. He's also got three of those five on the power play. So I don't know if the uh, difference in juice is worth it to take, power, take the risk of the power play point, but it's an option.
1: I, I suck at power play points. I just stick away. If I like yeah, someone absolutely. to get a point, I, I'm staying with just the point overall personally.
2: I generally try to take the cautious route too.
1: Yes, if you are looking at
0: Carlson power play points here, uh, Washington has been better on their power play in the last 10, while Vegas has been worse on the penalty kill. They already weren't great on the penalty kill, ranking 21st, but that percentage has almost dropped 10 points in their last 10 games. Uh, A major concern for Vegas has been their power play, who has gone one of 26 uh, in their last attempts. So they are god-awful. So stay away from any power play points, uh player props. if you're looking for vegas on that one just a heads up um all right any closing thoughts here or do you guys think oh actually i do i want to um what is your best bet of the night if you had to play one bet now um do you have a best bet of the night or do you kind of want to stay away um see the lines tomorrow um for that
2: i think for me it's likely going to be seth jones He's been money against Arizona, and they're awful against defensemen. So I think it's Seth Jones for me.
1: For me, Seth I'm, Jones.
2: Sorry, over two and a half shots. Sorry, Cheds. my bad.
1: You're fine. You're good. Go ahead. Um, I'm going with. I'm actually. I'm stuck. I don't know which one I want to go here. Um, between two, it's either going to be the Capitals Golden Knights over six, um, or Capitals money line. It's definitely going to be that game. I don't know which one I like more. I'm gonna to lean towards the over six uh, as the Capitals have hit away from home nine of their last ten.
0: Okay, I like that. And for me, my best bet of the night was also going to be Washington Vegas. But I, Chad's, I'm just on the opposite side of you here. I'm gonna. I also Let's like go. Vegas. I like the Vegas money line here. So I will mock up a graphic and post that tomorrow along with the podcast. But again, I want to thank. Jordan, for coming on here. Jordan, you want to kind of plug your socials one last time where everyone can find you?
2: For sure, yeah. Uh, At Shot Props, uh, most active on Twitter. Uh, And if you see me on any Discord channels, I'm sure a bunch of you are in the same ones as me, so feel free to say hi. And really quickly, I'm going to end with one final lead. Uh, I've also got Chandler Stevenson uh, to record an assist. I don't know what the juice is going to be, but he's got six assists in his last five home games playing on the second line with patch and on the first line power play. Know they don't get a ton, but it's still extra opportunity. Uh, So I like Chandler Stevenson to get an assist tomorrow as well.
0: Okay. I like it, Matt. You want to plug your socials one last time? I think everyone knows where to find you, but for any new listeners.
1: Yep. So right now, just currently on Twitter at top cheddar picks. Um, Also on discord, Um, same way, kind of shop props. i just at top cheddar. I know we're in a lot of the similar discords if you guys see me around always open to kind of uh, questions anything like that uh, and one of the things I've been doing recently if people have plays that I'm on the other side of or something feel free to DM me I'm down to look into other plays that people have that I might be overlooking I've been doing that recently and the community is a really good kind of resource to use not everyone sees stuff eye to eye um, but doesn't mean that you don't I wouldn't look into it and just kind of you know see what other people are thinking and get kind of get a good understanding. Um, you know from different sides of the I guess sides of the bet yeah
0: I think that's one of kind of the main things um, of being a NHL handicapper is just being open to um, kind of I guess a variety of opinions on a place that you um, may not be on or kind of around so I think that's a great thing I think people should definitely take you up on that uh, as always, you can find our podcast on Twitter at Expected Bets Four. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Gator Sports Betting and on Twitter at Gator Betting. I want to thank everyone again for listening. This has been another episode of Expected Bets Four. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Expected Bets Four for April fifth. We will break down the NHL games today. But first, we have a very special guest, Calvin from Linemate.io. Um, you've heard us talk about it, me and Matt, myself, kind of bring this platform, kind of start using it. And it's really kind of helped us out, especially in the player props market. And additional kind of just providing, uh, I guess, advanced data sets um, to the consumer at kind of an easier to understand chart, essentially a rate um but before we kind of bring everyone in um this episode is always sponsored by the odds breakers so all right with that being said let's bring in matt and calvin matt what's going on
1: doing pretty well uh like you said we're here to kind of talk about line made it's something that i've been using i'd say for about the last week and been posting it on my twitter to some good success so excited to hear a little bit more um you know about their kind of vision and long term what's coming up i know mlb season's coming so excited to hear plans about that as well uh, but definitely excited to kind of talk with uh, some of the people line made and really kind of see where that goes from here
0: yeah calvin how's
3: it going I'm good i'm good i appreciate uh appreciate you having me here pat and, and matt uh it's been exciting uh for us it's only about it's like three weeks to the date that we officially launched uh our platform so um it's definitely been rolling and i appreciate matt i appreciate all the the good sort of PR you're giving us on Twitter, I'm happy, you're using, I'm happy you're using the software, likewise, Pat. Like, that's, that's really what it's about right now, right, is um, having the right
0: people and good people using it um, yeah. and, and it working, so. That's awesome. All right, so let's get into it. How did Linemate come about for kind of everyone who doesn't really know <laughs> the background story? Yeah, it's... Uh, it's uh, it's definitely been, it's been a
3: ride. Like, I think um, I'll say it in three stages. Like, Lightmate actually just officially launched three weeks ago, right? So the platform officially launched uh, to the public three, three weeks ago. Um, but the idea started about a year and a half ago. So um, it's been in the works for quite some time. Uh, we wanted to get it right before we um, launched it to the public. Um, but then I say, like, it's actually probably been in the works for like five years. So like, what I mean by that is, Um, So it started by my brother and I. Uh, So Matt and myself um, started the company. Um, We've got two other co-founders on. Uh, So myself, I'm more on like the business relationship end. Uh, Matt's more on uh, the actual product, the innovation, um, operations, um, and so on. And then we've got got a full stack developer lead, um, and we've got a designer lead. So we sort of created this really nice uh, team uh, that covers sort of all angles of it. Um, We've all been working on it for over a year. Um, so when I say five years ago, uh, it probably, it probably stemmed off five years ago because Matt and I used to dabble into everything that was like daily fantasy, yeah. uh, that was betting that was season long fantasy. And honestly, Pat, I can tell you, like, I remember those days, like we would literally finish work 5 PM and we'd be just grinding out research from five to seven. And like, that was a good three, four years. And honestly, we were, we were successful at it. Like, uh we even won like a trip to, to LA for like an all-star game. I remember as part of like this DraftKings competition it was awesome and we were like living um, a, like a fun sort of sports life through, um, through data and through these games. Um, but the one thing that always stuck with us was the challenge of just research, right? Being able to find the right data sets, being able to compile everything in a way um, that can help you run an analysis and ultimately make a decision. Um, and that was really a challenge. Like it was all by hand. I remember like I had, I had Excel out, we had pen and paper out and everything from like lines to history to, uh, to the whole kit was, was basically all done, all done by hand. Um, and I think that sort of like ran its course after like three, four years. And I remember specifically it was November of 2020. So yeah. exactly about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on a call with Matt, and we we're like, we're doing this last run for. Uh, it was like a season-long fantasy. Oh, it was a survivor pool. It was a survivor pool, and I lost. And like, I was complaining. I was like, towards the end, I lost, and I was like complaining to Matt. I'm like, I'm done with this. Like, just so much variance, and like, it's just so hard to compile a bunch of stats. It'd be cool if we can have it all in one place. Um, and we sort of left it at that. i remember, over the holidays, we were chatting. We're like, what if we gave this a go? Like, what if we tried to to actually build something here? I told Matt, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not as technical as you are. So like, if you can actually put something together, we'll take a look at it. And then um, we'll see if we can turn it into a business. So Matt did that. It was, uh, he put sort of this sketch uh, together. Uh, I remember we reviewed it. It was like Fed March. Uh, and it was basically just the playbook. So if you end up on, on Linemate, that's how it started. It was our playbook. That, that was supposed to be the business model. Like just the playbook was the, what it was supposed to be. Um we sort of created this sketch. We called up a friend who was uh, a full stack developer at the time. We said, Can you get the data? So we started like just scraping around, seeing what we can get. We put together this sort of um beta that looked good, had brought on the designer, um, and then we were full-fledged to launch uh the playbook. And that's that's basically how it started. And the whole idea was, and this is what LineMate stands to this day was to create a narrative, a storyline, A to Z. So the moment you want to start looking at a game. By the time you get to the players, that that whole sort of progression from the moment you start looking at a game to the end, that's what the playbook was supposed to be. And we called it playbook in the sense of what teams do yeah. um, to prepare for their teams, right? So that's basically how line language started. And then um, from there, we were like, oh shit, we should have leaderboards. Like, let's do like, what about advanced? We have all the advanced data. Let's run like some really solid queries um, and build out leaderboards. And that was step two. And then we're like, oh, we can get our designer was like we can make something here uh, that's cool on the screener end so player and team so if you want to do exploratory type research you can do that um, and then we were set that was our business it was supposed to be just the free model right you guys can like throw questions at me but that was it we were like okay we're ready um, and this was like last November Matt and I got in a car we went over to um, the SBC summit so it's this like annual or biannual um sports betting gaming conference and we said let's go represent line mate super premature but like let's go let's go represent line mate um we were there we got really good feedback um but the one thing that was a little challenging was like for those who knew like for you guys essentially who do this every day yeah you can use those free tools the playbook the screener uh the leaderboards like you can make really good use of that but what about for the everyday user that's about to enter um, as betting becomes legal across states and across provinces now in Canada, that everyday user that goes to the game and wants to start betting can he or she actually utilize those tools in an actionable way quick. So I got us thinking, and that's where we came out with Pro, which was um, the betting tool in itself, right? So actionable, instant, workstation, so less sort of exploratory and more actionable, immediate, right? Um, and that's, uh, that's it. We, we, we did that. It was Feb, and we said, okay, let's go. We launched to the public, uh, March 14th. So exactly four weeks, uh, three weeks ago, sorry. And, um, that's where we're at. So that's a, uh, it's a bit of the story of, of line mate in a nutshell, I guess.
0: Yeah. I love it. So let's start. So I have a few follow-up questions going off that, but let's start with this. So right now, as it stands, line mate has NHL, NFL, NBA. You recently launched MLB is MLB <laughs> the next kind of market you're focusing on. Or is there another one kind of you've already shifted your focus to another sport kind of coming up in the future that you're looking to already kind of target? Yeah, I love it. That's a good question. I think um, so. Our team's
3: fully focused on launching MLB uh, this week. It's, it's honestly an important one. Like we want to be we want to be top of mind all yeah. year long. Right. In order to be top of mind, like you can look at the NBA season. Um is closing out. NHL is gonna run maybe for what another month, and then it hits playoffs, and then you go up sort of this lull period where it's only baseball. And baseball is a top analytics sort of sport, right? So um we definitely our full focus is on MLB. I will say we have started chatting about what else we can bring to the table. Um, I'll tell you, we haven't decided yet. We do have access to to a ton of great data. Um so, I mean, if I were to drop a nugget, we are looking at things like soccer. So whether it be EPL or Serie A or La Liga, um, we are looking at NCAA uh, preparing for football um, or even we would have loved to have been relevant for March Madness right now. Right. That wasn't the case. Those are the types of things we, we are looking at. So it's definitely in the pipeline,
0: but uh, we definitely want to make a, a bang with with MLB
3: um, heading into this week.
0: So I know you guys are located, uh, you and Calvin, especially in Montreal right now, sports betting uh, recently legalized in Ontario, I believe it was today, or at least Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of more uh, sports books were able to kind of come into the market. Do you have a, I guess, target region or audience that you're kind of looking for? Or is it are you guys looking to kind of start in Canada and branch out to the US? Or do you have kind of a set market that you're looking to target at this point?
3: Yeah, it's another great question
0: um it's something we we've spoken a lot
3: uh, about a lot lately um and it actually came up uh, the one thing i forgot to mention and it's sort of a segue into it is um it also came up as part of one of a big mi- one of the big milestones we closed um right before launch was we actually partnered with uh sport radar it's part of their um accelerator program so we are uh, like one of their promising startups so that was that was big for us and um it sort of had us thinking of like strategically where we want to focus right so i think at the core, we're, we're Canadian service provider, like we're all we're all based out of Montreal, we're incorporated in Canada, we're a Montreal company. Um, and that's what we are. But we won't just focus on servicing Canadians. So um, we won't limit ourselves to to who uh, will be available for as far as our both our free and our subscription-based product goes, it's available to any single sports enthusiast. I'd even say globally, right? So that's why we're sort of looking at some of these more international sports as well. We want Linemate to be top of mind for any sports enthusiast. Now, as far as like sports books that are actually coming out, like you spoke about Ontario today, um, that'll be tricky, right? So in that case, we will need to be uh, Canadian focused, right? So we're not going to be affiliating with sportsbooks to offer, uh, us-based, um, incentives or anything of that nature, right? So, uh, we remain product-led, so being subscription and free, but we are, we do have an eye on, uh, the business angle on what we can do, uh, from the Canadian front anyway, as province, provinces start to, uh, to open up. So more
0: to come on that, I guess. Yeah. Matt, I guess I'll throw it to you. Do you have any kind of questions, uh, for Calvin?
1: Yeah, I think, for me, really the, the interesting thing and I kind of ca- or come from a data background and understand how difficult it is to run queries to get all this data in. But is there any plans on the sports you're already working with to kind of I guess get more granular with data and go even further with, with what's available, whether it be on the playbook or even the the betting pro side of things?
3: Yeah, a good question, Matt. I think um, it's always this sort of balance between um, getting extremely granular, like extremely advanced um, but then not losing sight of, of what we actually stand for right so like what we actually stand for is organizing data in a visual and easy digestible way so that literally the everyday consumer can use it right like one one sort of analogy that Matt and I always talk about is like if you're heading to a game right you're heading to watch um, anything an NBA an NHL game whatever and you're with your buddies or you're watching it at home um, especially with with sports betting becoming, uh, legal and open everywhere, it's going to be top of mind. It's, the marketing front's going to hit you everywhere, right? Whether it be through ads, billboards, on your phone, on apps, so it's going to be top of mind. So, how do we position elements in a way that allow you to open up LineMate, read and digest info quickly so you can make a decision in 30 seconds, right? That's going to be the key to success for, uh, for LineMate with everybody. Now, the flip side is how do we sort of please those that want to get extremely granular that are taking the time to go through a playbook or to go through a screener. Right. So um, I'd say as of right now, we feel pretty good with the depth of our, of our analytics. Um, You'll see when we launch MLB this week, it's pretty cool. Like if you take some time, head over to the betting tool, specifically in the pro section, we're going to have things like uh, wind uh, tags, uh, like where the wind is blowing um, basically impacting home runs uh batting order implications so on and so forth so to get pretty granular in that sense um but i don't have a clear answer to you on like how far how extensive we want to get because i think the last thing i want is for us to lose touch of of what we actually want to achieve right which is um being digestible right so um it's long way an answer to your question being like i don't know like it's something we still have to sort of talk about but i think the priority is um is that is, is being relevant and being digestible, right? So,
1: of course.
0: Yeah, I guess then you had touched on it, uh, Calvin. An app is that the next step? I uh, I, I don't know <laughs> if this is a sore subject or kind of how touchy the subject is, but I've been waiting for a line made app. So I want to know, kind of, is it in the uh, kind of in the future, or what's the uh, plans for that? <laughs> No, absolutely. Like, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely in the pipeline.
3: Um, We've got, honestly, we've got a ton of projects that like too many on the list for um, our current uh, manpower at LightMate. We've only launched uh, three weeks. Right. So like we're, we have a lot that we want to achieve and things are happening fast. Right. So um, an app is definitely a top priority. We have a couple other integrations uh, with odds um, and and maybe with some sports books, like integrating those. From, from an odds perspective into our platforms um, that, that we want to do. Um, so I think success for me, Pat, would be by the end of like the third quarter in time for NFL season. Like that's what I, I tell my team from a sales end. The, the, my full stack developer and his team would probably tell me like, you're nuts, but that would be, that would be success for me. Like if we can have an app in time for, for NFL, I think that would be a win. Uh, in the meantime though, um, we're constantly, constantly updating our mobile integration so that it's super user-friendly. Um, we currently made one update to the betting tool where it's like an actual drop down. So you get a card for every single one. So I feel pretty good about that, but, um, yeah, for, are there, for NFL, that's uh, that'd be success.
0: Yeah. Matt, any more, uh, questions?
1: No, I mean, like I said, I think for the most part, they've done a great job and there definitely is a lot of granular level data. Um. That, that i kind of mentioned it's not saying that there's not there you can go in pretty in depth on the, whether it be the playbook or the player um on that side of things but overall like it's been great so far i appreciate that that's uh <laughs> like i said like
3: i think where we're at honestly guys like we're at right now is like we've been we've been at this for a year so it's been 12 months of of building out this product and we launched it three weeks ago and like it's a, it's an early space, right? So there's not a ton of players, but at the same time, there are a ton of players, right? So it's like an early stage sort of business cycle, like from an industry standpoint, but there's a lot of like really strong reputable competitors out there that have made a name for themselves. And ultimately what we're trying to do is telling, asking people to give us a shot. And I'm pretty convinced that if you give us a shot, you'll fall in love with us because we're not very, we're not niche, right? We're covering an entire angle. But so when we hear positive feedback, uh, like the two of you, and we've received some nice messages of those that are willing to give us a shot, that, that means a lot to us. Cause it's definitely been, it's been a lot of work to, to get to where we're at today.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, and,
0: yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Matt.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say, I think the the one thing I love is that it's not only focused on, let's say money lines over unders or on the other side of player props, right? There's sites that might focus on one or the other. You can get everything that you need for a game the same way you kind of mentioned it. Like, you can get an entire story of a game where by looking at a playbook, telling if there's going to be a lot of goals, there's going to be a lot of points in this game, and then kind of using that to tailor your different player props. So it's great to have it all on one site. And I was telling Patrick before, essentially, the information I'm getting on the website, I would need to go to three or four other websites to kind of get it all in one, which is super time saving, which is also great for people like you know most of us who have full time jobs. And we need to, we're working, and we're trying to get information out as well, the time saving is really, really helpful. Yeah, that's,
3: uh, I mean, that's, that's our goal, right? That's basically our, our motto is, is being able to, to do that. Like, we want people to basically only have to really use Linemate from a research end. And that's why, um, like, there's, like I said, there's a ton of p- competitors out there that are doing a really good job at different subsegments of it, right? But for us, it's like, The most valuable thing for anybody in society today is time. And especially when it comes to gambling and betting, most people work a nine to five job. So that means you've got basically a two hour window to extensively research a game, get to a decision, head over to a sports book, create the slip and make the transaction. It's a lot of steps, right? So then if you include three to four different websites to, as part of your research process, you start to shorten that window for every single step, right? So if we can become, that top of mind usage platform for that entire research process, and then it's basically seamless um, when it comes to a transaction. That's that's what we're trying to what we're trying to do, right? So um, I love to hear it. That's uh, that's what we're striving for.
0: Yeah, no, that's uh, great to hear. I guess kind of one last question for me, uh, kind of wrap this up, is you talk you talked a lot about the future of Linemate, kind of where you see it going um obviously expanding in sports kind of growing in terms of data and everything like that but what is the one thing that kind of really m- excites you i guess the most about the future of line 8 and kind of where you see it within the next kind of two to three years yeah i love that question because I, I think um i'll actually share an interesting story very
3: quick on it was it's, this sort of hit me uh when matt and i headed over to the sbc summit in meadowlands new jersey we actually headed into new york city to watch a Knicks game. Uh, the Knicks were playing the Bulls back in November. And I remember I sat down, it was like, it was the upper bowl, like, but first sort of row. Yeah. And uh, there were screens, which aren't the case at like the Bell Center or a lot of um, venues up in, in Canada. And you could basically watch television, which I found ironic, but it had me thinking like, I this is a only a matter of time within a year that those screens will be basically sportsbook um, integrations where you can live bet on games uh, on site and you already see it right a lot of them are opening their own sort of like what do you want to call them sort of like mini real estate sections whether they're sort of like mini casinos or whatever within uh venues so i think like when i think about Mate a year from now it's how do we incorporate ourselves within that reality right how do we incorporate ourselves in a sense where if you're at a game and whether it's on the jumbotron or on these screens where you can action, so the transaction exists, but you can also provide quick research that's actionable and you can tie those two together. If we can have Linemate be that beyond just an app, but in physical venues, that would be uh, the ultimate. So that's that's where my mind goes from like a sales and marketing standpoint is um, this industry is moving fast and constantly evolving. So how do we integrate ourselves into those um, realities?
1: Wow. I- I love that. I didn't even think about that on that side. Like, for example, I knew that the New Jersey Devils are partnered with plenty of different betting companies. They've opened up multiple real estate areas, a high-level club lounge, as well as another area just for sports betting. So I think that's really, really interesting. And even like going to casinos, almost every casino at this point has opened up a sports book where people can go sit down, watch games. and I. I think that'd be really, really cool because I know I'm not making smart bets when I'm when I'm at a casino or something like that. I'm just trying to play it so
3: <laughs> for sure. They're gut based, right?
0: When you're when you're there, um, yeah, yeah. So I guess I'm going to play devil's advocate here. So I want because I want to hear your thoughts behind this. So I love the approach of kind of having the integrated, uh, essentially like the smart betting tool behind that screen. So you're at a game, you're watching it, you have the research behind it. What benefit does that provide to a sports book if the user has additional resources to place smarter bets? Do you think that they're gonna be for that in terms of, hey, now the consumer has somewhat of an edge or somewhat more of a knowledgeable insight into these bets? Or kind of what's your approach to that if you've kind of thought about that at all? Yeah, no, I have thought about that. I think at the end of the day, what's
3: inevitable is that sportsbooks are going to continuously integrate analytics within their own platforms. That's going to happen. Yeah. But there's also a cap and a ceiling of the how, how far they can go without that being disruptive. So at the end of the day, the, the way sportsbooks um, are successful is it's transaction-based, right? So it's driving consumers to their site, to their sportsbook to place a wager, right? If you start to overload the amount of information that's there, the, the user is spending more time analyzing and less time wagering, especially when you look at it live. Right. So like the way I sort of look at it is we are not predictive. Linemate is not predictive in any way. You cannot make a transaction when it comes to a wager on our website. So in theory, all we're doing is really facilitating uh, the process, like working with sportsbooks to help users get to the point where they're wagering while being, um, I guess, responsible in the way where what we actually stand for is like, don't place a bet with your gut, place a bet with your mind, right? Use analytics to form an opinion. But let that opinion live with you right so like i guess my answer to your question is um at the end of the day we're helping them in the sense of we're helping drive users to make them feel confident to wager right because if it's just gut you may not really want you may not know what you want to do right but if we're empowering them to place a bet knowing that they'll never create platforms that are as extensive as as because it will be disruptive to their actual yeah. business flow then it's a, a win-win, right? So um, I guess that would be my uh, my answer. But who knows? Like, there's a lot that can happen, right? Like, it's uh, everything's moving really fast.
0: So we got to stay on our feet. Yeah, no, you brought up that good point of basically saying that Linemate's not predictive essentially, the it's just facilitating the data behind essentially of placing an informed wager rather than basically telling the user that according to our data, the over, the live over or whatever, four and a half is going to hit at 60% or whatever, some sort of a long that line. So I agree with your point there. I do think it is um, extremely integratable into kind of the sports book software, essentially on those platforms, especially if you're kind of targeting that. And then I guess one question off that. So when you're selling line mate as a product, essentially, are you essentially going to target these teams or these individual sports books? So say we get down to the road and we do have those live wagering screens at the games. Are you looking to partner with kind of that team or that team sports book, I guess, um, to kind of, as your approach to that? It's a good question, Pat. I, I don't, I don't know.
3: I don't have an answer for you right now on that. Ultimately, um, it's sort of, it depends on how we help the user in the yes. best sort of way at the end of the day. Like that's always going to be our focus, right? Like whether it's the team or the sports book, they're all sort of facilitators to to, to the user, but like, I want to be less focused on the actual transactions uh, that happen from a wagering standpoint and more just on the empowerment, making people feel like they can actually place a bet and feel really good. How that happens, how we get there, like, is it the actual team channel? Is it the player channel? Is it um, a league channel? Is it a sportsbook channel? I don't know. I think we'll sort of find our way, right? Like, I think if I were to be too specific, um, it would probably be counterintuitive at this point. Like, I think need to see how the type of response we get and how the industry sort of shapes up, especially over the next um, six months um, in Canada. And then as the U S continues to grow, um, then I'll probably have a, a more formed opinion that I can share with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that, uh, that's a great answer. Matt, I guess, kind of as we're wrapping this up, any last questions for
1: Calvin? No, I think he went over everything that I had. I don't know if you have any other questions, but that's, I'm good on my end
0: yeah no that uh that sounds great it was kind of great to hear kind of the i guess start to finish of linemate essentially of kind of introducing uh the background kind of how it got started and then to kind of some of the future goals of where we see linemate moving into the future and i mean to all the listeners out there it really is an incredible tool that does kind of provide um some incredible data sets kind of right in front of you um and i know matt mentioned this before, but it, it is kind of a one-stop shop that's not out there in a the current market. And I know Matt's more focused on player props uh, specifically. So kind of hearing him say that is definitely kind of someone you want to vouch for your product, especially in terms of that. So I guess, Kelvin, any questions you have for us or kind of, are you uh, you all set on your end? I no, feel so good. I mean, um, honestly, guys, I really, for one, I appreciate the time um, and I
3: appreciate the feedback. Uh, the two of you have been um, really encouraging uh, for us since, since launch. So I, I do appreciate that. If I were to sort of leave with like a, a sales pitch that uh, is really no incentive for LineMate, is what I would tell um, any listener is um, you can try our product um, in its full capacity for free for a week. There's no credit card when you sign up, it's just your profile Um, and more importantly, the the thing I care about the most, rather than you even converting to a paid consumer or you staying on the free platform, I'm okay with whatever, even if you decide not to use it. The only thing I really care about is your feedback. Like we're really open. You see that we're active on socials, send us a DM, send us a note, reach out. Um, we'd love to hear any, everybody's feedback. Um, it's all about the user at the end of the day, right? So we want to create a product that works for everybody. So, um, I guess that's it on my end. Thanks for the time, gents. I appreciate it look forward to chatting with you guys some more as we continue to grow.
0: Yeah, of course. Well, I'm happy you could uh, take some time out of your busy schedule to come chat with us. And again, guys, that's linemate.io. They currently have NHL, NFL, and NBA, and they're currently expanding to the MLB market very shortly. So if you're in any of those sports, be sure to check them out. And again, like Calvin said, it's completely free for a week to kind of get their full betting pro feature. So be sure to do that. Matt, any
1: closing uh, remarks? No, uh, that's it for me. I really appreciate Calvin kind of hopping on, giving us a little bit of background, a little bit of insight into what the company's going to look like and go forward. Um, definitely going to be using the tool. Like I said, it's been a great help as of right now so far. and um, definitely want to kind of take that next step in the uh, Major League Baseball.
0: Perfect. All right. Well, thanks again, everyone, for listening. This has been... Another segment of expected bets for we will get to the NHL talk in a little bit. But as for now, uh, thanks again, Calvin. All right. Thanks, everybody.
3: Appreciate it.